0: For the second time this year, we are going to talk about a movie that is a certified New World Podcast classic.
1: <laughs> you wish. It is and it is and, it is not it. Music. Bow bow.
0: everybody, welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures, the best studio that ever exists. I'm sorry, Canon. So, we are going to talk about a particularly great movie tonight, but first, hey, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. No
2: Retreat. No Surrender.
0: And Erica. (laughs) And, and of course, tonight we are going to talk about uh, 1986's No Retreat no surrender
2: Jason Stilwell wanted to be a champion but he's having a tough time at school
0: no excuses here mister, let's see what you made of fight
2: and a tougher time at life stay out of the way punk she's mine but Jason has a dream someday i'm gonna be
1: just like
2: him he needs a little help and a lot
1: of guidance now your training begins
2: he's just found the best
1: set the images all in your head the result is power
2: now jason's getting serious getting fast (laughs) and getting competitive He wanted to be a champion. You're good. I get better. But he never expected to be a hero. No retreat. No surrender.
0: Oh, yes. No retreat. No surrender. Uh, this... I'm so excited about this movie because this... Oh, so excited. This is
2: a great movie. Oh. This is a great film. First five minutes, I was just... This is... This is New World Pictures gold. Yeah. Yeah. This is...
0: I mean, this is gold standard, particularly for the second half of New World's history. Because the first half, the Corman half, this maybe wouldn't fit. But we're talking about... Mid-80s, we're talking karate. We're talking learning about oneself. Mm-hmm. We're talking Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, this movie has everything.
1: For all intents and purposes, I should have loved it. But
0: uh, okay, I we did ha- not. Mark, we have a doubter in our
1: midst. <laughs> I will save I- it. We have
2: a doubter in our midst.
1: You can try to change me. It's happened in the past.
2: We're going to spend the next roughly hour <laughs> yes. trying to convince yes. you. That this movie is amazing. Yes. yes. you. One could argue that this is biting the shit of Karate Kid. Sure. Yeah. You could say that. You could also say that this is biting the shit of Bloodsport, which came out after. So that would be incorrect. So <laughs> you have both worlds. You could also say, what is biting the shit? And is that a phrase?
0: <laughs> you could say that too, but we are going to convince you... That not only is this a good movie, but biting the shit is a thing people say. We will convince you
1: of both things in the next hour. I will be doubly convinced. I will be. uh, You know what? You convince me. I will bite the shit. All
0: right. But let's first go around. Let's talk about what is this movie about? Let's find out what this movie is about so everybody knows.
2: Let's start with Mark. What's this movie about? Uh, This movie is really about, um, you know, moving to Seattle and then moving back to California multiple times in a matter of weeks. (laughs) Just flip flopping, flip flopping up and down. Sometimes you don't even move. Sometimes you just drive to Seattle. Check out the Space Needle. Drive back home. It's fun. It's only a 19 hour (laughs) drive. Easy. Easy. (laughs)
0: Erica, what is this movie about?
1: This movie is a, it it makes you realize that imaginary friends are okay at any age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never too young, never too old for an imaginary friend.
0: You know, for me, I have to say this movie is a warning and it's very close to what you're saying, Erica. I think it's a warning because if you get humiliated at a party, you may end up living in an abandoned house and talking to ghosts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just be careful. Be warned.
2: All of us are right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's all these things. For once. But let's go into what Letterboxd says this movie is about. By the way, you should visit us and follow us on Letterboxd. We're on Letterboxd. This is what Letterboxd said that uh, No Retreat, No Surrender is about. Young Jason Stilwell moves with his parents to Seattle. Debatable. Um... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> where local bullies harass them without mercy. Jason's father, Tom, does not believe in violence, so the family takes it on the chin. Literally. <laughs> One day, Jason enrolls in a martial arts class and quietly rises in rank huh. to be a major contender. That's not true. Yeah. That is not true. Yeah, that, not is. Correct. that is, a, that, that that is, is absolutely, absolutely false. Not a correct point. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Letterboxd. His medal is tested in an international match, not true either, against <laughs> Ivan, a Russian champion. He is Russian. It's not an international match. But that is what Letterbox says uh, this movie's about. No retreat, no surrender. It does start off at the Sherman Oaks Karate Center. It does. Uh, where we find, this is the dojo... Of our main character, Jason Stilwell, mm-hmm. who's played by Kurt McKinney. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we see some New York mafiosos mm. walk up, including with them, Ivan, who is played by Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm. uh, who are interested in collecting essentially all the dojos in each town mm-hmm. right. in a scheme. Let's be very clear now. Uh, we watched for this. We watched a Blu-ray that is from Kino Lorber who has the US cut and an international cut. So there's two cuts of this movie you could watch. We watched the US <laughs> cut. Let's watch be very the clear.
2: international cut. If you have not watched this.
0: I will debate you on this. I think the international cut makes a lot more sense yeah. oh. and puts this thing in a in a, in a different order Ooh. which is in a better order as far as a as far as movie is concerned. But I will say you need to watch the U.S. cut because the U.S. cut is a mess,
1: and it makes this movie
0: terrific. You
2: need to watch the messier cut. <laughs> uh. Right,
1: the international uh.
0: cut's
2: just a bad movie. The U.S. cut is a magical the,
0: movie. The, yes, the U.S. cut is like, oh, you've turned a, you've made a bad or a, an okay movie so odd that I love it. So I would say watch the U.S. cut. But you, I, I think you might be able to see this on a couple other... Streaming sources as well. I think it is on YouTube as well. But that Daily, is what Daily we watch. Motion
2: has the international cut on it. Okay, if you just want to watch. So it. there wow. there
0: are ways to watch it if you don't want to buy physical media. But if you don't buy physical media, you're a monster. But
2: in any <laughs> case. Or, or you value the space in your home, <laughs> <laughs> or you just don't either, like to collect junk. Either, either way, we will tell you you're wrong because <laughs> um,
0: filling your house with nothing but Blu-rays is an admirable trait. That's an art. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we start out with this dojo. Mm-hmm. We get our first glimpse of Jean Claude Van Damme, the and- Sherman
1: Oaks dojo, the sod
0: that's right that's right start
1: out in the (laughs) sod
0: and we have jean-claude van damme come in and fight uh the uh, who uh we uh, fight tim baker essentially he's playing jason's dad tim baker was actually he's actually a karate uh uh, martial artist and a lot of the people in this movie are, are actually like basically martial artists that they are asking to then you know um act in movies
2: Hmm. And Germany. John and Jean Claude Van Damme is actually Russian.
0: <laughs> they were they were like, where are you from? Uh Belgium. Like, close enough. That's like right <laughs> that's basically next door to Russia, isn't it? Didn't they no, occupy that actually, at one point in time? It's actually next to Germany and uh, and uh mm-hmm. and and Holland. No, nope. it's pretty much close to Russia. So he comes so Jean-Claude Van Damme comes in. They basically say, You gotta sell to us. Uh uh Jason's dad Tim Baker says, I'm not selling this dojo to you. No, thank you. He gets in a big fight with two guys, including Jean-Claude Van Damme, who just, like, kicks the shit out of his leg and breaks his leg. Breaks his kneecap, I have to say. And uh, that's basically it. Like, that's when he basically was like, oh, shit, we've got to get rid of this dojo to these New York mafioso.
2: So, right at the very beginning here, I'm having a hard time understanding what is a new york international crime syndicate doing trying to take over a dojo in sherman oaks or a sod sorry yeah for lack of a better term that's
1: what we call it on the streets of the oak and i (laughs) 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 as people as
0: people that live in the valley as eric and i do like i mean that's what we call it that's just i'm just telling we're just telling you the 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 lingo of Mm -hmm. locals
1: yeah pretty hard out there pretty badass there's
0: literally no reason for them to it doesn't seem to make any sense that they would do it now let me just say quickly the international cut will tell you why this is happening but don't listen to the international (laughs) cut who's trying to tell you logic and tell you plot points go to the u.s cut which is saying we don't know why and we will never tell you why and you're gonna love this movie anyway
2: So I, as someone who uh, didn't see that portion of the international cut, I've watched parts of it, but I didn't pay attention to that particular part. I was left to my own devices when it came to the U.S. cut as to why they've already, they say they've already been there once.
0: Yes. And have
2: you considered our offer? And I'm thinking, what does a New York crime syndicate, why do they care about a dojo? And I thought, well... Are dojos taking over all of the Los Angeles area, or are, is this a Are they seeing a trend? I'm not really sure, but I will say that in L.A. in the greater Los Angeles area, as of today, statistically, there are over 600 martial arts dojos or studios, however wow. you want to call. them. Oh, it, right? we see wow. some numbers
0: already. Yikes! Holy shit! Right off well, the bat, I'm bad. trying to see
2: what Woo! is the, what is the financial Woo! gain for this crime syndicate? They're to, they are strongarming this dojo. Already, why in our opening moments? We're five minutes in, and this is already happening. We don't even know who to root for. Exactly, and here's why I don't necessarily blame them. Ooh, for uh, the the cost of a karate karate franchise, a Ferrari studio, or Ferrari studio.
0: (laughs) Different. That's that's where you do you build Ferraris, but you also do karate. It's a Ferrari studio,
1: and you do martial arts. (laughs) Either one. (laughs) Those are different. I didn't look that's up those. That's when you
0: do karate moves on top of a Ferrari.
2: <laughs> Functional <laughs> The arts. karate arts. <laughs> it's more for a photo op. It's it's a really, I mean, this is, when, uh, this is, uh, you There's know,
0: not a good competition. You have to park two Ferraris, like, right next to one another in yep. order
2: for you to be able this to. This is strictly for your TikTok moments. That's all, that's all this is. But for karate <laughs> studios. <laughs> uh, a, a franchise ranges from about one hundred forty-one thousand to two hundred fifteen thousand K to start. Okay, that's not a crazy amount to start a franchise. Let's
0: let's buy one.
2: The average cost per person per session is forty dollars. All right. Now, if a, uh, the franchise fee, you're going to spend about fifty grand per year paying to the franchise organization to own the dojo for marketing and their own licensing and that sort of thing. So. An average location can hold roughly 160 to 360 students. Now, it's different at the Ferrari Ferrari studios. They can hold. Because they have to have cars, they
0: have to accommodate for cars. Less less people. So, this is
2: a more lucrative (laughs) opportunity. So, the average
0: a cost... Ferrari is a different kind of price point in terms of a studio. Yeah, no,
2: the, the per person price point is much higher uh, because be. you have to accommodate for the Ferraris. Yeah, the, right. the lighting. It's
0: not forty dollars an hour. It's way more. Way but more. I mean, you're fighting way on top more. of a Ferrari, yeah. so you get it. You but you get
2: exclusivity it. is important with those Ferrari studios. So that's what you're going for. It's like the backdrop of a JCPenney photo set, but you know, with Ferraris. No. So. Um, so at a minimum, you need about 1200 square feet, uh, in order to fit that many people. Uh, if you look at in LA area, um, it's about $30 per square foot on average. I did some real estate research. Uh, so that means you're paying about 3000 a month just in your rent. Now, if you have 160 students at a minimum, so that's the minimum amount and they're paying say $40 per class. If they take four classes a month and you throw in, say, a 10% discount, because, you know, they're taking, they're pre-paying, you yeah. know. The Ferrati yeah. Studios don't give you this. No, no, I, no. No, you can't. No, no. Studios, Cash no. only at Ferrati. Yeah, yeah, and Cash there is only. no
0: discount. No yeah. discount. No. No, you pay top dollar. This is Ferrati. <laughs> You're studying the
2: ancient technique of Ferrati. <laughs> ancient as of 2010, <laughs> 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 which nowadays is ancient. It's yeah. still old. It's you know, still old. Quite old. It is. It is. So it would be about 150 bucks per person. Or twenty-four thousand dollars per month, or two hundred eighty-eight thousand per year. Okay, now take away the startup fee, take away the franchise fee, take away the kid—the fact that kids are laughing in the background. Yes, <laughs> as we talk, <laughs> you have some pretty sweet revenue here. You're talking about, you know, you're, you're talking about subtracting. You know, roughly, what, 50K per year? Plus, you don't have to do the startup fee. So you're just sitting on a sweet 288, let's round up, $300,000 per year of pure profit on this karate studio. So, I don't blame them. Like, this is a $4 billion industry. If this New York syndicate can take over all of these studios, all around Los Angeles or Saad, or anywhere else in the U.S., mm-hmm. they're sitting on a gold mine. And this particular dojo is all ages, which is mm-hmm. very rare to find. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know how hard it is to find 55-plus-year-old men also mm-hmm. working out with 12-year-old boys? Yep. Yep very hard to find i don't know why i think that there's some laws but i mean Mm -hmm. i feel like this Mm -hmm. one they circumvented those laws Mm -hmm. and found a new way this is in different times it's a different it's a different time and a different mentality (laughs) where they were like really like it
0: 12 year old boy almost 60 year old man
2: let's have you guys spar (laughs) it's cool (laughs) it is cool we're okay with it like both of you are facing a unique challenge now, in this
0: scene, we like I said, we had Jean-Claude Van Damme fight off against Tim Baker.
2: <laughs> I thought that joke landed yeah, way uh, better. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it did. it I, did. I'm just trying to keep things moving. Wait, Hold on. Do you want me to get
2: in franchise law? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Could you? Go ahead.
1: This is a new segment called Franchise Law. <laughs> I just wanted to say,
0: uh, a real quick point about the scene is that Tim Baker, uh, obviously, as, as I said, also a martial, martial artist, gets in a fight with Jean-Claude Van Damme, who was supposed to hit him in the chest with his kicks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he eventually hits him in the knee and breaks his kneecap or whatever. But as he's supposed to spin and kick him in the chest, he missed and kicked him constantly in the face and in Ugh. the neck instead. Because Jean Claude Van Damme does not have very good control. This is by the way his first real role in a movie. He he had been in a couple other movies. Obviously he was he was famously, if you check the, the if you check the GIF or the JIF, you can see him and It's
2: Technically Jeff. It's by the Jeff.
0: founder of it, he calls it a GIF.
2: No, hmm. he calls it a JIF.
0: Does he call it a
1: GIF? I thought he called a it a GIF
2: No he calls it a Jeff.
0: Well anyway.
1: Both of you take the mat. Fight! Oh, here we go. <laughs> gif, gif, gif. No, gif, Ryan. Gif. No, no, no Ferrari. No Ferrari, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's just posing in front of, of a Ferrari. Just flex. <laughs> I'm flexing
0: up here. I look great. Well, I, I thought we were gonna fight. <laughs> um. So, uh, he keeps getting hit in the chest. This is a big problem for Jean Claude Van Damme. So eventually, later on, Tim Baker. Eventually appears as a character witness in a lawsuit against Jean-Claude Van Damme because a guy who appeared in the movie Cyborg against Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to kick something or hit something. He had a fake prop knife against his eyeball and he kicked too hard and the actor in Cyborg legitimately lost his eye. Oh! <gasps> Ooh. In the movie Cyborg. So he sued Jean-Claude Van Damme and Tim Baker, who plays the dad in this movie, was a character witness against Jean-Claude Van Damme because he was there to say Jean-Claude Van Damme has no control and fights too hard.
2: How did Jean-Claude Van Damme get him in the neck?
0: He, he's just spinning wildly and just kicking. The problem is, is like when you're... Is
2: Tim Baker 4'6", four 4'8"? Four he's actually a tall guy. Which is what I was yeah. surprised... Jean Claude Van Damme is a short dude. He's a shorter dude. Yeah, and they do. But he's got a high kick. They work very hard with the angles, and I assume all the people that he's working with from the the New York crime syndicate are very short. Yeah, because he looks tall. He is very tall. He's not,
0: but he's spinning around wildly and just kicking. And what he doesn't understand, and this comes up even later in the movie as well in other fight scenes, but he doesn't understand any, he doesn't have any control. So he spins around and just kicks dudes and he doesn't have any aim. Now, of course, that's because he's Russian. You're also not, <laughs> he, you're also not really having a lot of time for them to rehearse and do that sort sure. of stuff. So they're sort of doing that. So, but the dad character essentially gets beat. He gets his, he gets his knee basically broken and he basically is like, okay, we've, what are we going to do? In fact, even his son, Jason, played by Kurt McKinney, says, what are we going to do? And the answer is we need to take a long day trip to Seattle because when you get beat up in, in a dojo by Jean-Claude Van Damme and you get kicked all over the place, mm-hmm. including in your kneecap, we just need to get out of town and take a long day trip mm-hmm. up to Seattle Check out a couple of sites. Not many. You don't have a ton of time because you have to head back down to Los Angeles to move.
2: And I'd like to point out really quickly. So we have this opening scene where we find out that 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 you know, uh, dojos are a lucrative franchise opportunity. Uh, and um, the dad
0: take that Papa John's.
1: Fight go- <laughs> 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 and- the shit, Papa Johns you're
0: no you're no sod, Papa Johns. I'm sorry I mean that in terms of a Sherman Oaks dojo also legitimate sod way better yep. of an investment yep. way better of an uh, uh, opportunity
2: so i I just wanted to say like in addition to that, you have uh uh Jason and his dad, both of them surrender, and both of them retreat. Yes, yeah. in the immediately. First five immediately, immediately, uh-huh. immediately. Uh-huh. They not only got their ass kicked. They're like, pack up the bags. We're going to Seattle. Yeah, we're immediately retreating. <laughs> we're immediately surrendering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're immediately leaving yeah. the entire city and then coming back
0: right now. Again, this is the U.S. cut. The international cut's going to tell you why this stuff's happening. Forget the international cut. <laughs> the U.S. cut says, hey, you get beat in a fight at your dojo that you own. That you don't want to give up to somebody, but you get your, like, kneecap broken? Leave town. Leave town and drive very far away. Get out. And (laughs) and when you do, you're going to meet some really cool people. Once you get into C and Pedro, (laughs) you're going to meet some real cool dudes. First of all, we're going to meet RJ, Right.
2: Oh, the
0: best. So you don't like this movie, Erica. Nope. But do you dislike RJ? I think it is impossible to dislike the character of RJ. Of course I
1: don't dislike RJ. What are you, nuts? He's played by a guy named
0: J.W. Fails. That's his name. That's his legit name. Um... RJ there's a great exchange between him and Jason where they talk about why his name is RJ. It's so superfluous and unnecessary, but they go through it. It's a terrific exchange. But
1: now is the is the actor who played RJ was he also a martial artist?
0: No. Oh. And in fact, he also hmm. lied about number 1 being able to break dance and number 2 being able to skateboard. Now,
2: when did number he 3 sk- being able to act <laughs> this
0: this this is his first movie much like it's the first movie for many people including john clown van Dam, his mm-hmm. first lead role first lead role for kurt mckinney it's a first for a lot of people but his first movie uh there you're asking wait does he ever skateboard in this movie In the u.s cut no in the international cut yes he does skateboard around but Uh, He lied about all those things just to make sure he could get into this movie. Now, when we meet RJ, that's when they're moving into their new home in Cian Pedro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But as much as we love the introduction of RJ, there is no way you can beat the introduction of RJ by the introduction of the next character who maybe has one of the best introductions of any character ever. And of course, I'm talking about Scott. Who's watching them move in? As he leans onto a car, probably not his car, some other car, just feeding himself cake
2: dong. with his hand. Dong.
0: He has ding dongs and a cake in his hand. He has a cake in the other hand where he's just eating cake and ding dongs. Right. And he watches them. Uh, he watches them move in. And his first line is: "He says, Bruce Lee freak." Just what Kingswood needs. Why me? (laughs) This is one of the best introductions of a character I've ever seen. First of all, Scott, you belong to a dojo, dude. Yeah. You shouldn't be freaked out by a guy who likes karate. Yeah. That's what
2: you do. Hold on, but not everyone at a dojo really gives a shit. Not everyone at a dojo is working hard. Some of them their parents signed them up for it they're not really into it they're just going through the motions they're the ones that are like hey we need two people to spar and they're like please don't pick me please don't pick me that's scott he's you know he doesn't
0: i don't know i disagree because the reason is he's picked for a lot of things he is on the ride with everybody like First of all, later on, he goes to the party. He's at the party with all the guys that are in the dojo. Oh, no, he's, he's popular. He,
2: he just doesn't want to fight. He likes other people to do the fighting for him. The only person he likes to beat up is RJ. No,
0: no. I'm not debating that he doesn't want to do which karate. Is why he doesn't want to actually physically do karate. That's right, true. Right. But I'm just saying, people that like karate are his people. He right. likes people that like karate. He hangs out with except, tons of people that ex- like karate, ex- except... A guy who apparently he thinks is a, do- a, a Bruce Lee cr- freak, which, by the way, he also doesn't know enough about him yet to actually know that information about him being a Bruce Lee freak. We learn that a little bit later after uh, Jason starts setting up the garage to be his makeshift dodo- dojo. Do- or the, dodo The soda or dodo. The, the dodo. He the actually dodo he buys a dodo to be the mascot for his dojo. <laughs> it's.
2: It's a play on words. People love that. But he's he's bringing in karate equipment. And that's what gets Scott's attention. In addition to the fact that Scott wants so badly to beat the fuck out of RJ. He hates RJ. Yeah. Yeah. He hates RJ. He hates RJ, a RJ lot.
0: for no good reason. Which
2: yeah. is why at, uh Jason's moving into uh Siad Pedro. Mm-hmm. and RJ is just cruising the street. He's got uh Scott who's just like about to beat his ass every time he turns a corner. And that's why RJ's like I need a I need someone to take the heat off of me. You you're new to the neighborhood. Yeah. You don't know anybody. I need to get you on the radar of Scott because he's beating the shit out of me all the time. Right. So I feel like RJ is only befriending Jason to tee Take him the up, heat off of him. to get his ass kicked, mm. to get Jason's ass kicked, because he's like, I need a fucking and he, break,
0: and it works because Jason gets, he gets his ass beat by these guys quite a bit.
2: Right? They, but they're even after this, S- Scott takes. There's a there's a background party and it's more fun than this podcast and if you're listening to this <laughs> you're probably like, "Man, what are where are they at? We're not at the party you're hearing." Nope. We're nope. we're next they to the party. They may not even
0: hear this though, Mark.
2: <laughs> We've always been the people next to the fun party. That's the people you're listening to right now.
1: We're so- the US Cut. <laughs> we're a mess. We are the US Cut. <laughs> so uh we make less sense scott, yeah
2: <laughs> scott takes all his buddies to the burger time uh and mm-hmm. in the in the van nuys suburb of seattle and he gets them all together and he says he orders them all hamburgers they're all on him he says oh that's all on mm-hmm. me yeah i'll get hamburgers good dude and he says you stick with me and you'll never go hungry Two seconds later, he's like, all of us go out in the parking lot. We gotta beat up RJ. Right. Which means they are gonna go hungry in this instance. So yeah. that you know, he's already contradicted himself. He's a terrible leader. <laughs> but RJ, why is RJ in the parking lot? He's looking around like he's lost a dog. Why? I think he told Jason, hey, there's this place called the Burger Time. You guys, let's meet. I you're gonna love it. Great burgers. He also knows Scott's gonna be there and he's like, I gotta set this guy up because I can't get my ass kicked anymore. Also in that scene, Scott's, uh, his, uh, Scott's friends say, why do you hate him so much? And he says, I've got my reasons. Yes, that mm-hmm. made me so angry. Mm-hmm. What do you think those reasons are?
0: <laughs> there, There is no discernible reason. Yeah, there's now, no reason. I will tell you this piece of trivia that I, I have read, that in the script itself, there was a scene that in at the high school, there is a scene where R.J. trips Scott At the high school, and he gets angry, and that is why he hates RJ. Mm. Now, that scene did not make it into the actual film.
2: Seems like something you would include.
0: Yeah. So, so basically, he starts the movie hating RJ, by extension, hating Jason, for really no reason you can discern. I would say, though, if RJ had decided to grow a... Like a braided ponytail out of the side of his head, he might have become friends with yes. Scott. Because I'll, I'll one of his friends at the Burger Time has such a thing and is good friends. That's how you make good friends with
2: Scott. Well, <laughs> I would
1: also Is daring hairstyles.
0: You know what? This makes a lot of sense. The party they're having next door reminds me of Kelly's party. Ooh, oh, that's, that's what that you is... call
1: a segue, baby! What you call a segue, baby. That's what you call a segue, baby.
0: Now, the greatest part about the character of Kelly is the fact that, um, tell me more. Oh, They're oh everyone's excited. Go on. Is the fact that Jason has moved from Sherman Oaks all the way up to C.A. Pedro and he already has a girlfriend. How did that happen?
2: I, I don't How know. Did that happen? I, I don't know. No and, clue. And he has no clue that the girlfriend's brother works at a dojo that he goes to. He has no. Yes. Like this is uh, it's like he 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 met her on Farmers Only and didn't know (laughs) anything about this family and was like, we've been dating forever. She
0: says at the party, she's like,
2: oh, this is my
0: friend Jason. We met last summer how they met. We don't know. He also watches this match that her brother wins this karate championship yep. in Reno, Nevada yep. that he wins on TV with RJ and RJ's like, I know where this guy trains. He's got his own dojo. We'll go there. They go. He gets embarrassed at that dojo. He's like, forget it. Then he goes, he sees, he finally sees Kelly. He thinks it's Kelly's mom or one of his friends, his mom's friends. And he's like, "Ugh, I don't want to see this person For, Turns out it's Kelly goes to a birthday party, gets embarrassed again by the guys from the dojo there. But how did he meet Kelly? How has he already got a girlfriend? Now, I have to say, this is where the international cut fails because in the international cut, we don't have that scene where he initially meets Kelly. So that scene where he goes to his house and he's right. like, oh, there's this weird car in the driveway. This must be one of my mom's friends. Ooh, gross. Which Wait, is, it's which Kelly. Which is a
2: really awkward scene. So weird. It's like, it's oh, so weird. it's my mom's friend. I really hate her. And then it's his girlfriend, wouldn't you know what car she drives right i it doesn't make sense, or or he hates
0: Kelly's mom because he's like, "Oh, this must be my mom's friend right,
2: and it's not Kelly's mom,
0: no, but he apparently doesn't know really her mom. he also doesn't know who Kelly's brother is, who happens to, does it has it never come up last summer to now that your brother happens to be a fucking kick ass martial artist? N- that's never come up, even though that's what. Jason has been spending all his time doing his martial like arts. All
2: of his time. Like when he moves to CNP Seattle Seattle... Seattle Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> his mom asked him to help her move stuff in. Oh yeah. And he moves in all the dojo stuff. Like this is his whole life. This is his, it's that's all, all he, cares he cares about. They also
1: yeah. have one station wagon's worth of stuff for yeah. for three people. Yep. Well, because they, they really have, travel light. Because honestly, yep.
2: they just took a drive up to Seattle, looked at some shit and Then drove right back. They put some shit in
1: a garage and then they drove
0: back to LA. <laughs> I swear
2: that there is a scene where they're driving and it's supposed to be them in Seattle, where it shows the Space Needle and the camera. The camera shows the Space Needle and it pans back and it shows the street that they're driving on. I swear to God, that's a matte painting and that's just Los Angeles because it's not. It's not Seattle. But they went so they were so bold as to show the matte painting and pull back from it. Normally, matte paintings are kept in the background. That Sure. So, yeah, sure. and it so he, they did actually shoot
0: for a week in Seattle. As the last week of production, they shot in Seattle, mainly the date with Kelly and Jason, where they go around Seattle right. and to do that and montage. And when he goes
1: to the to uh, so they to Bruce shot Lee's grave and went and to Bruce
0: Lee's that. grave. So that was a lot. Which of, would have
1: been a great time for her to go. Hey, my brother's super into martial <laughs> arts. Right, but <laughs> you never, should meet him. But never that
0: never comes up. That's never a thing he knows.
2: So when he comes to the house and he's worried that it's his mom's friend who he doesn't like, he almost retreats. But remember, by this time, he's But he al- wouldn't surrender. He's he ret- didn't
0: surrender. He didn't
2: surrender to wanting to retreat. But by that time, he had already su- ret- surrendered and retreated to the fight at burger time. So, and this, this is when RJ says, no retreat, no surrender, and they immediately retreat and surrender. Su- or surrender and retreat, yeah, as it turns out. It's a common out. theme. My point is, we've already got more retreats and surrendering than you would expect for a movie titled No Retreat, No Surrender. Also, by this, t- this time, I'm thinking, Jean-Claude Van Damme's in the first five minutes. I haven't seen Jean-Claude Van Damme in a while. No. And I'm thinking, no. holy shit, he was on the main poster. Is this yeah. like Eddie Murphy in Best Defense? When he just showed <laughs> up, like, the last ten minutes, and you're that like... Is,
0: that is a very timely <laughs> reference, but a deep cut. The timely reference is Eddie Murphy... Who's right now in Coming <laughs> to America, the right. sequel? Uh, but Best
2: Defense. I don't
0: know if you, many people saw that but movie. But I'm
2: like, is this is this guy Dudley Moore? Is is like is that what we're watching right now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're trying to convince Erica, this is actually a good movie. We got fail- talk-
1: so far. Just you're failing. <laughs> you're failing at convincing me and just reminding me why I hated it. Um,
0: but there's a moment in this movie. If you hadn't already bought in, which I already had, but if you hadn't bought in already, I mean, were you prepared at all for this movie to suddenly have Bruce Lee's ghost come in and teach Jason martial arts? Because I was unprepared for that moment to happen. I didn't. I largely the marketing campaign for this movie is, you know, uh, Kurt McKinney against an American flag and Jean-Claude Van Damme against a Russian flag. And it seemed like, okay, this is like a karate version of Rocky four. Right. Right. And then if you see other stuff, you're like, okay, the karate kids in here. So there's a lot of that going on. Right. But like what I did not expect was the ghost of Bruce Lee to show up and teach Jason karate. That how were your minds blown like mine? I'm going to go to
2: Mark first because I don't, I don't know what Erica's response is going to be, but Mark, rj says i i know a house back in the 80s when abandoned homes weren't full of a bunch of drug addicts and and homeless people they were just empty Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. he says i'm going to take you to this house he sits down with them uh uh jason has a coke or diet coke rj has a coke this movie is sponsored by diet coke Mm -hmm. (laughs) sponsored by diet coke and coke and this is where rj puts pcp into his coke so he is tripping balls because not only does he see bruce lee he sees like the generic asian version of bruce lee as though if you took anyone off the street and you were like you're asian you look like bruce lee that's this actor it's as though they they didn't know anyone that was asian and we're like you, you should play Bruce Lee. And the guy's like, I don't look at all like Bruce Lee. It's as and if the, the producer, guy said, hey, I like- couldn't be
0: Bruce Lee because I'm Korean. <laughs> like the actor truly is, which he is.
2: And is, am I wrong? Or do they do karate movie bad voiceover over his mouth? His mouth is absolutely dubbed. He is
0: legitimately a <laughs> Korean actor. And God. his name is Todd Kim. He's the guy who plays what they what they dubbed as uh, Sensei Lee. He was actually a he is a uh, Korean actor. They actually tried to change all his lines. He spoke no English, so in all those scenes, he's speaking Korean to uh, uh, he uh, to Kurt McKinney, and Kurt McKinney's responding in English. But they tried to, according to the director, the the commentary from the uh, screenwriter. Keith Stromberg, he said that they were trying to come up with words in Korean that sounded or at least look like his mouth would move like English, but it's not. It's a dubbed performance. I thought that was intentional. No.
2: Like they were like, this will be funny. Bruce Lee, uh, we're going to do like an old Kung Fu movie voiceover and it'll be really funny because there is a part of this movie that's trying not to take itself too seriously. There's a part of it that's comedic and you almost think like, am I watching a comedy?
1: Or am I watching watching an action movie? I think that's what really irritated me the most about it was it didn't it it poorly executed both And that's what was so frustrating watching it, because I'm like, it could be hilarious. Like, just make it, call it no retreat, no surrender, and then have him constantly retreat and (laughs) surrender. Have this bully be just so, such a cartoonishly crazy character. Now have this vision of Bruce Lee that looks nothing like Bruce Lee, or sounds like Bruce Lee. Now he actually
0: was a bit of a stand-in. He was actually in Game of Death, this actor who plays Sensei Lee, and Game of Death 2. But he was actually a stand-in for Bruce Lee. So when you watch it on uh, the commentary, the, uh, the screenwriter, Keith Strandberg, goes, oh, God, he just looks so much like Bruce Lee. And I was like, what? He does? Oh, not God. at all. Keith Strandberg, the screenwriter, is actually a he was a huge fan of Bruce Lee because he was also studied martial art as a young man. So he was very much into Bruce Lee. So that's how part of this idea, uh, or a part of why he was so into this movie. I'm not sure the idea came from him, but... He was into that because of Bruce Lee. I just don't know if this actor that they had playing Sensei Lee or Bruce Lee, I don't know if he particularly looked like him. He was also speaking Korean, so it's a dubbed performance. Like, But again, to me, this is where I'm like, hell yes. Because we've not only got a guy who's playing the ghost of Bruce Lee, he also is dubbed. Like, this movie is insane, and I am into this.
2: So, a couple things. One, obviously, the director was that the screenwriter or the director?
0: The screenwriter. The screenwriter
2: has facial dysmorphia, and I get that. That's it happens to everyone. It happens. It happens. It happens. 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 (laughs) Okay, and that's fine. Uh, We
0: all get older, Keith. We all get older. It's all. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good.
2: It's totally good. Uh, (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry, not sorry. That was hilarious. Yeah.
2: It's hey uh, so by, yeah. also it happens. Also by this time, Jason has surrendered and retreated from a birthday party where he sure. got his ass sure. kicked. Sure, He's also surrendered to a fight with his dad and retreated to this house, mm-hmm. which is obviously a house. I'm gonna say presumably in Venice. That is someone's house. It's actually See, it's,
0: it's actually in uh, it's actually in, it's actually in Eagle Rock. Okay, that's either, where that house way. actually
2: exists. Yeah. The the graffiti is someone just rolled some paint on black the, paint uh, yeah. black, white paint white paint on the oh, wall yeah,
0: yeah yeah okay but but it's black, you, black original black paint
2: yeah right so the walls are black and there's white paint over it but if you notice the all the rooms or, or the main room he's in has wayne's coating on the lower of the lower half say three feet No, that's perfect because someone was like <laughs> don't fuck with the wayne's coating yeah right, you can mm-hmm. film in here you can do whatever you don't want don't fuck with the wainscoting. coating <laughs> mm-hmm. they put very obvious like prop stuff on the windows. Yeah. Um but I have to say, this scene, the fact that uh Bruce Lee doesn't look like Bruce Lee, that I think Jason is tripping balls. <laughs> this is the first scene that Jason what's his what's the actor's name again, Ryan? Uh Kurt McKinney. He's working his fucking ass off. Oh yeah. He is oh high, yeah. high kicking, falling straight on yeah. his back on a hardwood floor, no stunt double, nobody. Yeah. He is he is kicking ass and you're like this guy's working so hard his for he is. no retreat no surrender mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. retreat mostly surrender often this is
0: is, this, what is he's, this is his first movie and he is going for he it he
1: is yeah. going for it and he's in great shape. I mean, he looks good. He's a handsome dude then. He's a handsome dude now. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. Just jumping ahead to things I loved. Loved you, Kurt McKinney. <laughs> hey sweetie. <laughs> hey. All go. right. There you go. Still hate this movie, but Kurt. Okay. We're, okay. We're going to convince go, you.
0: We're going to convince you because we got to get to the final fight.
1: Go there. Go for it.
0: Let's get into the final fight. Who
1: cares how we get there? It's US version, baby. Because
0: at some point, there is a fight, which is basically- I mean, it comes at you so fast in this movie. There's suddenly an end fight, but you yeah. had to think: this is a movie about karate. Yeah, yeah. this is a movie from the '80s. Right. Yep. We're gonna have a fight. We gotta have a big ending yeah. fight. It's yeah. just gotta happen.
2: Um. So this is an organized main event between the Seattle sidekicks, sidekicks, and the what? What? what I, the New York? Yeah, whatever they are. Mafioso this guys. Is, so they've been promoting this. There are. Uh, they've been uh, on what?
0: They've been promoting it on one single wall,
2: <laughs> but it's been on the radio. They, they the whole thing, for, right? They put many posters on one single right. wall, which explains why this why this event is is in a high school gym. Yes, yes. In the basketball court, it's in the basketball
1: court of a high school gym. You got to know, What's like, going on tonight, honey? I don't know. Did you check the wall? <laughs> Go, Go, check down, the and wall. Check Go wall. down and check that one wall. Go down and check so that one wall so we know what's gonna happen. They <laughs> always
0: put up posters of what's happening on that one wall. What do you shit. want to do next weekend? Did you I'll see get the my wall?
1: keys. I'll get my keys.
0: <laughs> but yes, Mark, to your point, there definitely was there was definitely ten disgruntled basketball players that walked into the gym and went, What the fuck? Oh,
2: man. oh, you, shit, oh no, you can't
0: play tonight. Uh, you can't no, play tonight. We can't? <laughs> No, oh, wh- Thursday like, night's our pickup why, game. Why is it why are there
2: American flags on the hoops? They're covering up the hoops. But but the scoreboard is still visible. It's still there. And yeah. still the, there. the MC is wearing a white oh, tuxedo. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. They were like, uh-huh. we need to MC this event. He's like, oh shit. I gotta bring my A game on this one. Mm-hmm. Babe, Daddy's back in town. <laughs> I'm back in. Uh, are you wearing your whites your white tuxedo? absolutely babe I'm in I'm going for it he walked in that and was like god damn it
1: it's just a high school it's <laughs> just
0: it. a high school I thought my <laughs> I finally thought my ticket was getting punched yeah. to the big time
1: <laughs> I saw the wall I thought it was gonna be a much bigger it deal let's get ready to oh, there's
0: like shit. 30 or 40 posters yeah. on one wall I thought this was gonna be a thought big this deal it. <laughs> it turned out to not be a big deal
2: and those 30 posters are in Norwalk I mean, who's going to see that? <laughs> Sorry, Norwalk. Um, so they they do have this final fight.
0: They do have the entire team of uh, the New York f- fighters. And to your point, where they bring in this guy in the white white tuxedo, was it necessary for them to introduce each member of this team just for the mafioso guy to push this announcer aside, take over the proceedings, and also say... By the way, nah to these three guys. We're just going to have Jean-Claude Van Damme kick everyone's ass. That's all we're going to do. They go through the formality of introducing all three New York fighters just to say we're actually skipping all three of these fighters, not using them, and we're just going to have Jean-Claude Van Damme actually fight everybody.
2: Well, I got to say, if I was walking down the street and I thought saw the 30 signs and I came to the... Um... I don't know, Van Nuys high school gymnasium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw that I'd be like, well, shit. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> what might happen here?
0: But they also <laughs> missed a huge marketing thing where they could have just said, Ivan, the Russian guy versus all of Seattle fighters, which is what they end up basically saying. Ivan's going to take on these three Seattle dudes and anyone who wants to jump into the ring. But think about those three dudes. They were so, but they traveled all the way out from New York. <laughs> <laughs> They thought they were going to be able to fight.
1: They were like, this is it. They've this been wa- they're
0: warming up in the locker room. They're like, hell yes. Erica, this ending fight, is this bringing you back in? Was the ending fight... Eh. <laughs> no? Now, listen. Eh. We get into another point with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme because in, I think, fight number two, he fights against one of the fighters uh, whose name in the movie is Frank. But... Um, his actual name, I gotta look up his actual name because it's fantastic. But, um, nope. Cut this out. You can't out. look that up? Cut this You're out. not allowed to look Cut
2: that up. up?
1: Nope.
0: Uh, so, oh. Oh. so the second fighter he's actually fighting, which is a guy, his character's name is Frank, but he's actually Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham. Now, according to the screenwriter, well, and Sugarfoot
2: from like his mom gave
0: <clears throat> him that? It's, it's literally in the credits as. Quote, quote, quote unquote, Sugarfoot, Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham. Now, he was actually, he's also, again, a legit, like, martial artist. And in the movie, like, the screenwriter, Keith Stromberg, said that basically, uh, John Clinton Van Damme hits him with a roundhouse kick and kicks him straight in the face and knocks him out.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that. Legit yeah.
0: knocks him out. And in fact, in the first nice. take, he knocks him out and then felt bad according to the screenwriter and he went a, a, right to him and was like oh are you okay i'm and so
1: everything. sorry i was aiming for your neck
0: <laughs> <coughs> right i was trying to <laughs> yeah I was, tra- I was trying to kick your adam's apple <laughs> and 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 then uh the director Corey Un he was very upset because he was like you ruined the take because you broke character so they went back and did it again and according to the screenwriter because
2: apologizing is breaking character like you could not. Well, they can't well, use the whole. They can't yeah. use the whole
0: take because he breaks character, so they have to do it again. They do it again. He kicks him again in the head, knocks him out yet again, and that's according to the to the screenwriter. Now, according to a uh, article that I read on, where did I read it? I think it was Film School Rejects, which it was like a oral history of this movie. That wow. did not happen. That did Jesus. not happen. He did not. He did get kicked. Now, Peter Cunningham has said. Look, if you don't practice a move and you have to have somebody do this giant kick into, into somebody, you're probably going to, you know, it's going to maybe not go the way you think. And it might hit somebody directly in their face. So he's not suggesting that he didn't get hit. and he, But he suggest, he says that he just fell down. He fell down because that's what you're supposed to do. Okay. All so, right. But, again, we're just learning a little bit. Jean-Claude Van Damme, he goes for it. And he doesn't care what who gets hurt in the process, essentially, is what we're learning more or less.
1: Which is, you know, from what I understand of martial arts, what you're taught, <laughs> just go wild, no control, like anything goes. Yeah, it sounds about right. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. So does that make you like this movie? a No, before? that makes me feel like <laughs> J.C. Van Damme's, you know, training didn't mm-hmm. stick. Didn't work because he's still. So what a, is it about he's still this, a wildfoot. So what is hold it on, about this on.
0: movie that you're not digging? I don't yeah. understand.
1: Everything. What, it just. It's. It doesn't decide what it is. It's irritating because it's not quite a comedy. It's not quite action. It's not a drama. It's just confusing. It's a damn mess.
2: Can I? Can I? Can I suggest? Can, may I uh, offer that we do get. Uh, the first Jean-Claude Fandam famous splits. Yes. Yeah. Which is what yes. he's known for. Yes. That's this true. was the debut of mm-hmm. his splits. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So isn't that, I mean, if you're going to say a uh, 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 first appearance of mm-hmm. for like a comic book or whatever. Yeah. Is, doesn't that make this movie yeah. a collector's item? Oh. Uh, ooh, I mean, I think so. Ooh. I think so. And? And the first time that Scott McKinney was in a movie. Kurt, item. Kurt. Or, or Reg. What is his name? <laughs> I, RJ. I have named dysmorphia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that, yes, they didn't quite figure out what this movie is. However, this is what they thought this movie was. Because the producer, NG Siyun saw that Karate Kid had been... In fact, he was told, Karate Kid! NG, Karate Kid is very popular in America. You can't believe it. And Karate Kid basically... Stole the whole sort of like teacher-student aspect from his movie, Snake and Eagle's Shadow. And so he decided, hey, I'm going to steal that back. And I'm going to make a movie in America where I steal that. But this time it's going to be Bruce Lee's Ghost instead of Miyake. Who would have seen that coming? I didn't. I fucking didn't. Wow. But that's what he decided to do. So he decides to steal back Karate Kid for himself in order to make this movie. And then he gets a lot of criticism that this movie seems to steal from Karate Kid, but it still was a huge success. So does that make you like it a little bit more?
2: How about no, no, no! No. Damn it! Damn it!
0: This seems like a good time for us to dive into our next segment, which is... Things we loved and things we hated. That's right. We're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about No Retreat, No Surrender. We'll start with Mark. What is something that you loved from No Retreat, No Surrender?
2: Absolutely loved the whole montage where Jason is working out and getting in shape. Mm-hmm. And he's at like oh, a yeah. local mm-hmm. park... In North Hollywood, mm-hmm. and yes, he is. I mean, he does everything from crazy sit-ups with a wood board behind him. Mm-hmm. He does a somersault on a picnic table and converts that into push-ups. Yep, he's running yep. with ankle weights. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I I love this scene because he's fucking ripped.
0: Yeah, like this yeah. guy, good shape. It's,
2: it's he's not faking any of this stuff. He is in straight up great shape. And I was like, I couldn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. good for him to be in that shape. I assume that he was already in that shape to get to begin with.
0: He was, he was, he was actually already a, I believe a black belt. He's originally, I think from Louisville, Kentucky. And he was, he was selling cars. He decides to go out to LA and he auditioned for this movie late in the game. So late in fact, that he saw this on Drama Log, this audition, and decided late in the afternoon, like a twenty-year-old would, should I go audition for that karate movie? I don't know. Even though I love karate and I want to be an actor, <laughs> and I'm already a black belt, he decides to go to the studio, which I think is like the CBS Radford Studios building. He goes over, talks to the, uh, he talks to the security guard, and the security guard's like hey, I I think they're already done auditioning for that movie. And he's like, oh, well, I'm here to audition for it. They're like, I think they only have the lead that they're trying to cast. And he's like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to audition for the lead. They're like, well, I think the lead they want it to be 17. He's like, well, I'm like 22, so I think it's going to be fine. And he goes in and auditions the lead, and he gets it. Erica, what are some things you loved?
1: Well, I'm so glad that Mark brought up that that calisthenics and workout se- segment because that was easily my favorite part as well. <laughs> Again, you go, Kurt. <laughs> You go, Kurt. Then you go, Kurt. Now, have to, I have to say, in the international cut, it's, it's Kurt. Here's my number. Yeah.
0: In the international cut, it's even longer oh, and more. It's terrific. not terrific, and it's not broken up like great. it is in the U.S. cut. It's like one really long segment, and he keeps going back. It goes from training to like him with Bruce Lee's ghost to back to training. It's there's even more training session in it, more that's stuff. I there could have
2: been even
1: more.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's where the international cut has a right.
1: But another thing that I loved, and this will also bleed into my favorite scene, is when he does arrive uh, at Kelly's birthday party, the gift that he gives her, because he gives her a live rabbit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has a wrapped box that she unwraps, and inside of it is a rabbit. Yeah. It's really lucky that that rabbit did not die. It's I really mean, lucky. What? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. But if I'm like, yeah, come on, my party. I don't know. Just like bring whatever. And then I open up a gift and it's a bunny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be furious. Mm-hmm. Well, he says that she loved the
2: rabbit when they went and looked at the uh, pet store when they took that long road trip back to Seattle to go cruise around. But if I was her, the first thing I'd say is like, you got me nothing else. Yeah. Not a fucking cage. Not a cage. Not some not like sawdust. Anything. Not some bunny food. Not, not that little like feeder with a little yeah. ball. No. Just. Like, uh, w- the rabbit. That's it. You bought me a fifteen dollar. Good rabbit. luck with this rabbit. <laughs> yeah. You bought me a fifteen dollar rabbit, and now I have a fifty dollar additional sh- amount of shit yeah. I got to go buy. I
1: know that. And then she's like, "Oh, thanks." And then she just places it back in the box because what the hell do you do with it? Yeah. It's- what do you? G- it's yeah. A- it's a rabbit.
0: And by the way, that rabbit's going to jump out of that box. No problem. Yeah. Like a bell on it, on it or something. All over, all over the all over oh, your house. Yeah. Oh,
2: awful! It's going to smell like shit. Yeah. It's terrible.
0: Uh, okay, so things we loved. Here's something I loved. I actually loved this movie, even though, obviously, it's clearly a bit of a ripoff. As I mentioned, Legit, like, like, purposefully a rip off of Karate Kid. But mm-hmm. I loved that we, like, never spent a single moment in high school. Like, it yeah. needed high school scenes, but I love that we never even go
1: there. Not one time. There's
0: so much that, like, Jason gets bullied by people. Without spending a moment in high school, he it was gets summer. I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, I just love that they didn't have that. Um, he's at. He gets bullied at a dojo. He gets bullied at Kelly's party. He gets bullied at a Burger Time parking lot. He he gets bullied everywhere. Where because he of often RJ. retreats and surrenders. But uh, I love they do that. Also, we already mentioned this before, but Kurt McKinney just goes for it in this movie. Mm-hmm. He just goes for it. Um. Like, uh, we didn't mention this, but there's a scene where he has to... He's being taught by Bruce Lee's ghost to put one foot, like, in a rope sling and then try with his other foot that's not in the rope sling to kick another sandbag that's yep. hanging from the ceiling. And, like, you see him. it's Again, it's locked off. It's a single shot. And he tries to kick it and falls to the floor. Like, you see him do this several times. Like, he could have fucked himself up. And apparently was <clears throat> he was very not sure about doing that scene like he was very nervous to uh, do that understandable. Scene. Yeah. understandably understandably because you could seriously hurt yourself in that scene and he just goes for it he goes for it and, and like he really puts in like 110 percent into this movie which is again another reason why i loved it it's he fucking goes for it
1: yeah things we hated things we hated things we all right things
0: we hated oh <laughs> uh, well no uh anything else we loved Real no, quick.
1: things we hated. I
2: got one more thing uh, that I loved.
1: Damn it, Ryan!
2: Well, I'm gonna say one thing that I loved <laughs> is his girlfriend's hair, because <laughs> Kelly's it hair is, it is the perfect <laughs> blend of mullet, yeah, long mullet, yeah. M- mm-hmm. It's it's party in the front, business in the back, because it's mm. long, it's a long mullet, yeah, and then longer in the back, yeah, which <clears throat> I think. Our sister had that at one point. Oh, in time, she did. Oh, yeah, in high school, Ooh, definitely. I definitely. was like, I swear to God, I saw all of you, none of you have met our sister, but Kathy. Yes, that's her name. Yes. I swear oh. to God, Kathy had that hair I, at one I, point. I think, wow. and sometimes I think she curls right. it, the little like front, the front, the sections. front section, the front, the front, uh, a mullet. Sometimes she curls it, and sometimes she feathers it. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I'm like, what's oh, versatile? God, that is it's a versatile. haircut. That we don't see anymore. Just,
0: you just take the front strands of your long hair and yeah. do something with the front of it. The back of it is long. We don't like, care
2: about. We like don't care. Borderline crystal gale long. But the yeah. front is shoulder length. Mm-hmm. So you, it's like bangs that got out of hand. Yeah. It is magical. Yeah. Why is that haircut never come
0: back? I, that is a mystery. That is a mystery. Erica?
1: W- why is the haircut never come back? Mm-hmm. Oh, I... <laughs> I, I don't I have no logical explanation for that <laughs> it's preposterous that it's not back
0: it is something I loved it's something I have to I have to talk about okay uh, because I I have a clip of it and that is stand on your own by Paul Gilbert. <laughs> lyrics there comes a time when you face the truth alone the greatest challenge to believe and with the help from those who give you strength of mind rj maybe stand up and fight your battle leaving your own inhibitions behind Mm. oh Mm. my god like this theme song is catchy as hell by the way Uh, Paul Gilreath will come back because he did music for Knights of the City and Making Contact, a couple other New World movies. So we have literally not heard the last from Paul Gilreath. But (laughs) this song, this song is so great. By the way, in the international cut, not as heavy a player. In the U.S. cut, again, another reason why the U.S. cut rules. It is a huge contender It is the ending song. It is in the training (laughs) montage. No, she's not into it. I love this song. This song is the
2: whole soundtrack's
1: great.
0: The soundtrack is great, but this song totally rules. Why do you not? Why are you not in the song? Come on.
2: Come
1: on. We're grasping at straws here. Come on. We have
2: to admit that the movies of 2021 have consecutively had great soundtracks. Great soundtrack. Crystal heart. Crystal heart.
1: Girls just want to have fun.
0: Mm-hmm. come on to slaughterhouse
1: maybe yeah. I,
0: maybe i don't know we'll squeeze that in all right things we hated erica
1: yay things we hated things we hated
0: go ahead oh i get to start yeah yeah i hated all of it i hated the
1: whole thing why do i even begin it's go ridiculous ahead. i've already been into it it's hard to pick out specifics thing i hated the most was the lack of Van Damme. Be- Me too. Absolutely. Me too. I think 100%. when I really think about it.
2: Yeah. Not enough Van Damme at not all. Not enough Absolutely. Van Damme. This is Van Damme's best defense. Yeah.
1: And to your point of. I of, mean, Marcus
0: said it. Yes, I agree. Yeah.
1: Of the, We're the poster. In ba- best
0: defense. Where Eddie Murphy plays a small role and he should have been a much bigger role. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, It's just not enough Van Damme. He's Correct. peppered in at the beginning. He's, of course, in the end, but. We're really lacking him in between.
0: To that end, in the international cut, there is a scene where uh, Ian, the brother of Kelly, leaves her birthday party to run to his dojo because the New York guys have come back. Mm. And they're like, we want your dojo. And he's like, I don't want to sell either. And they have this whole scene, again, cut out of the U.S. cut. And he's like, I don't want to do it. But it better sets up the end of the movie, this scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Again, the U.S. cut is great because it sets nothing up adequately. Yes. <laughs> Let me just say that. Okay. But the international cut sets that up and has that moment. However, I will say to the international cut's detriment and to your point, Erica, guess who's not there with all the New York contingency? Mm-hmm. Van Damme. Mm-hmm. What a perfect moment, even in your international cut, to get back to the New York people is to have Van Damme there. Yeah. He's the guy.
1: But yep. he's not there huge mistake. Mm. Why wasn't Van Damme in this movie? Well, a lot more. I mean, they could have easily just had Van Damme train Kurt. You know, like.
0: Bold twist. Bold not twist. have it
1: be fake Bruce Lee. Have him imagine that he's being trained by the best. You're being trained by the guy who you're gonna his ass. Yeah. And that you're gonna fight.
0: You're trained no, by him. No, uh, Bruce Lee's ghost shows him the big move that ends up taking out Van Damme. So that's the only thing, is that You'd have to have Van Dam train him to do the move that kicks Van Dam's own ass, which would be a little tricky. Well, it didn't
1: happen, so let's not split hairs over something that didn't happen,
0: Ryan. I'm not going to say you're wrong though, because (laughs) you're right that it should have had more Van Dam. So, however you do it, however you do it, more Van Dam. Things you hated? Nothing.
1: Oh, Mm. I. I guess he had enough Van (laughs) Dam.
2: I will admit that there could have been more Van Dam. Mm -hmm. I do feel the Van Damme felt like it was added after the fact, like someone saw that he was a rising star and was like, Oh, we got to put this guy in the movie because anyone could have played his character. Uh, But he, he he seemed to have some cachet that they wanted to uh, 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 leverage. But the reality is like, I loved all of it from the moment this movie started. I was I loved that it couldn't decide that it was comedy or not. I loved mm-hmm. that so many people mm-hmm. were chewing up the scene and being just like, like, RJ is basically the comic relief without, uh, like, obviously being the comic relief. Oh,
0: he's obviously the comic relief.
2: But I mean, like, his jokes aren't really landing. And no, but that and,
0: doesn't mean he's not the comic. He's and, obviously and also, the comic also, why relief. do
2: you need him to be, like, he's not set, he's not put, I guess, let me rephrase. He is obviously the comic relief. But he's not in a situation where com- comic relief makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's in situations that are sort of like, "Hey, you just moved in." And also, why does he need to be- need to be the comic relief? It doesn't like the-, the tone of the movie is not one where you have like a really goofy guy. Yeah. You
0: well, you that- have you also have Scott who is complete who is way over the top as well. So right. you do have that as right. well.
2: Uh, totally, which also doesn't make sense. Why? outside of setting it up that Jason gets into this bad dojo and that inspires him to get into this last fight in the end. I I mean, there's really no reason for it, but to be perfectly honest, it all worked for me. I was like, I, the fact that Jason is way too serious. His dad is so serious all the time. His dad, why they moved all the way to Seattle, why they, they moved all the way to Seattle because there's no bartending jobs in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets a job. Sherman as a bar- Oaks is
0: full up on bartenders. Yep, yeah. Sorry, not a he's single like, opening. I,
2: if I can't do a dojo, all I got left is being a bartender. And then he's bartending at the Brig, which is on Abbot Kinney in Venice. Yeah. I've been there many times. Yeah, nice. Oh! Never been there. It's still there. Been there. That's good. Yeah, I've been That's there. I have, I've been there more times than I can remember. Oh, it, <laughs> la uh, it looks different now on the oh, inside. OK, okay. Uh, when he's when you he have that scene at the brig. Is the asshole play at the pool table who picks a fight? Is that Scott's dad?
0: Mm, could
2: be. It could be. Could, oh, that would just make, like him. it would make so much. I thought sense. it was. It so I much thought much it was. I'm like, but... Oh, that's Scott's dad. But they never explain it. No, yeah.
0: no. Nope we don't nope. know let's get into some favorite scenes before we go into our final segment here um erica for fi- your favorite scene
1: i've already kind of mentioned it i know it feels repetitive but it's that <laughs> when he gives her that bunny and she's like oh thanks it's like, like, like that was her best take too <laughs> oh also- <laughs> she doesn't even seem convinced he's like remember <laughs> you liked it so much at the pet shop and she's like yep and you can even feel that she's like shit Cool, thanks. A chore. Sure. Like, oh, fuck. thank you.
0: Now I have. Now we're <laughs> yeah. responsible for something. Great. What's great about that scene is that in the U.S. cut, you see that in the montage, but you see her pointing at the bunny rabbit and being, "Oh, look!" For like, it's literally a two-second sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They like. I don't see don't remember the bunny. Them it.
1: Like, I didn't. Yeah, remember they did. that. Yeah, I like, they did. Oh,
0: they're did at you... the bunny. They like quickly pan up to her, and she's like pointing at it, and they cut away. Like it's, and in the international cut. They don't have that Seattle sequence at all. It's gone. And yet he still gives her the bunny and says, like, I saw how you were looking at it. And I'm actually was watching it going, but you, we didn't see the Seattle. Se-. You know what? We don't care. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We don't need to see it. I don't because we also don't know how he knows her anyway. Yeah. But he just does. They also skip in the international cut. They skip that opening scene where he's like, RJ, please come in because I don't want to see my mom's friend. And then it turns out to be Kelly. And he's like, hooray, Kelly. They cut that scene out, too. Because guess what? None of it matters because we still don't. All that context doesn't tell us how they know each other. Mm-hmm. So we never know. So who cares?
1: Followed close second favorite scene is when they are at the bar or the dance club.
0: Yes. Yes. Where, where they they're doing break dancing. Yes. yes where the yes. break
1: dancing happens.
0: Oh, by the way, international cut longer breakdancing sequence, including a moment where the guy is doing a worm on the ground, but he has a light bulb in his mouth and it's flashing. Like, so good. (laughs) So good. But yes, yes. Great sequence where they're breakdancing in the club, where RJ truly gets to be himself. He gets to truly work his magic. Yeah. Mark. (laughs)
2: Uh, Favorite scene was actually that dancing. Why? Because the women all have... 1920s flapper outfits on. <laughs> oh,
1: it's so great. The costuming is, so is a great. real mishmash.
2: And yeah. I remember, now, I, I'm going to date myself. I remember in the 80s and early, like in the 80s, when I was in junior high and high school. And you were
0: apparently going out with yourself?
2: I was going out with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Women, like, they that wasn't just costume. That was a legit thing. There was like a trend in the 80s of like, Flappers and 1920s outfits of like the 20s were so great. That was like the peak time in this the is United interesting.
0: States. It, this is interesting and great that you bring this up because this is not something you brought up when we talked about 18 again, <laughs> where they had the party for the 1920s all of a sudden, like, hey, remember, we're, let's all dress up like flapper girls and, like, let's have a big 1920s party.
2: But that was, like, a costume party. Right. This was, like, saying. people that were legit. They went down to the Yeah, shop. that had a
1: theme. This was just a club. Yeah. This was yeah. just a night at the this club. This was
2: people, like, legit, this is what I brought to wear yeah, to I just, going to out to a I just club. came out tonight. I just yeah. went in a, I want to wear a flapper outfit. I'm just uh-huh. saying that it,
0: it makes sense in 18, again, that they were going to do that because that just was, you know, They made it a costume that night, but it was a thing already that women were wearing. Are you just plugging our 18 again episode? I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you
0: think that you say finish that, this and listen to it. I do don't you know. Think,
2: do you think the people having the party next door should listen to? 18 They should listen again. to both these episodes. I think. I think that like, they're only partying <laughs> because they are listening to eighteen again. <laughs> well, they can listen to themselves party when we release this.
0: <laughs> All right. So, favorite scene. I have to say, my favorite scene is actually one from the international cut, and this oh is. Oh my god! This international cut. And I hate to say he's that he's relentless because I love this U.S. cut. But the International Cut has a scene where Scott is on his lawn, sitting in a lawn chair, spraying with a power hose, like these Coke cans on his lawn. And his dad comes out and says, you piece of shit. You know, you don't do anything I asked. You're supposed to power wash these windows. And then he sees RJ skating down this down the road. He hides behind a fence and sprays him as he passes by. Then he starts chasing him because uh, he messes, RJ messes with him and starts skating away from him. And they have this sort of chase scene, which ends with Scott. He defeating Scott by merely going by a series of various things that he is able to jump over and push his skateboard underneath and then land on the skateboard. But Scott cannot move by these barriers, including like these construction guys. And they have like this a frame warning sign So RJ like kicks the board underneath it and jumps over it. And then Scott runs into it, looks at the A-frame is like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) I could, I can't possibly go around this thing and be able to catch a guy in a skateboard. Forget it. RJ turns around, laughs at him. And then he says, come after me. What do you, you know, come on, give it a shot. So he tries to jump over the, this A-frame RJ pushes his skateboard back and in complete improbable fashion, like so much of this movie, Scott lands on the skateboard as he's jumping over, falls backwards onto his butt. And RJ's like, ha 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 ha, which is just a ridiculous, stupid scene. And I, I can see why they cut it, but I loved it. It was so dumb. And what? it, it, it just kind of encapsulated like why I love this movie. There's lots of stuff that I love about this movie. That scene, I wish they had just kept that one. It also somewhat, somewhat, not really, but somewhat explains Scott hating R.J., even Mm -hmm. though he had already expressed his hatred towards R.J., but just showed a little bit of their adversarial relationship. But it was just something, but it also is just like indicative of how often ridiculous this movie could be, and in ways that I adore and love. Don't get me wrong. So uh, that's my favorite scene. Let's go into our final segment. It's called Final Questions. We're going to talk about the final questions we have for No Retreat, No Surrender. Guys, answer this question. Seriously, who peed in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> it's Kelly's birthday. Who, yeah. peed who peed in the pool? peed in the
2: pool? I'm pretty sure Kelly
1: did.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you think ah, yeah, Kelly. Uh, arguably, yeah. It's then, her party. Yeah. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah.
0: And then it's fine because, quite frankly, it's her party. Yeah. It's her yeah. birthday. It's her party. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit of the mafiosa guys taking over yeah. all these dojos and yep. how it can be financially successful. Um, What are they going to do with all those dojos once they have them?
2: Oh, it's, it, it, they're going to then turn around and franchise them out because mm-hmm. there's a lot of money to be made.
0: Erica, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I thought that was obvious. Yeah. Okay, here's the answer from the international cut. <laughs> oh, God. It's oh, international shit. cut. In the international version, after the opening scene where Jason's dad gets, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme breaks his kneecap. Yep. There's yep. a scene where he is in the hospital and his leg is up in a stirrup and he has a voiceover monologue where he talks about the mafioso guy's. And he says that they are uh, they are going to take these dojos and they're going to use them as fronts for their illegal mafia activities. And that's what scares him. And he doesn't know what else to do. And that's when he decides that he has to leave.
2: He has to surrender. and, and He retreat. has to
0: retreat and he has to surrender. Right. right. He has to surrender to his retreat, really. Yeah. And get the hell out of town. This he has is to wrong. surrender,
2: surrender <laughs> the scared. dojo. And retreat to San Pedro. San Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, okay. Next question: Does Burger Time put too much mustard on their burgers, <laughs> Absolutely. Or, or is it <laughs> just, Absolutely. or is it just enough? No.
1: It's no. Way too much. Way, way too ma- much. Way too way much. Too much. <laughs> way too much. It's way too way much. Too much.
0: What's terrific about the scene where Scott bites into the burger is that it's when screenwriter uh, uh, Keith Stromberg in the commentary starts talking about like. I was a little worried that his performance might be a little too much.
2: And I was like, Oh, it (laughs) is too too much.
0: It's too much. Keith. It's way over the top.
2: What what he said was, I was worried about being a little too much. (laughs) What What I was going for
0: was too much. I was hoping it was a lot too much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) because it is, um, if you cast somebody with a name like Peter Sugarfoot Cunningham, why why just name him Frank? Why not just call him Sugarfoot? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't right, know. This is a martial arts movie. Just call him Sugarfoot. Yeah. How long did Jason's mom ground him for never truly helping with the move-in? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Zero days. Zero. Zero. Zero days?
2: She's also not involved with his life. Yeah. She He's, is. Yeah. Like So she went in the house He and and just immediately... Uh, remember, I, I think in the early 80s, ecstasy was still a prescription drug. She sure, just popped a sure. little, popped yep. little pill <laughs> in the bedroom, and she was out f- for a remember, while. Remember, there's
0: a scene where she's like, he's like, hey, should I go pick up dad from work at the bar? And it ends up being the scene where his dad gets attacked in the parking lot, and he ends up saving him. But it, his mom's like, oh, sure, yeah. Oh, if you don't mind picking him up, that'd be great, because then I could get dinner started. Wrong. I mean, maybe she gets dinner started, but also, beforehand... She's gonna pop some of the,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: She's My gonna pop started. some of those as as Jessica put it so 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 well, and our so, girls just want to have fun. Some uppers,
1: yeah. Can have some just uppers get, get take and just uppers. pop a couple
2: uppers. Throw a couple hunger Men into the, the the oven and be like, dinner <laughs> Done. is uh,
0: Take that plastic off the top. Don't yeah. forget, Mom. That's no, all you, you got to do. Just poke
2: the holes over the, the over the cranberry that's cobbler.
0: That's hey. <laughs> that's if you're gonna do it in the microwave. If you're gonna do it in the oven, you gotta take the plastic off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, this is a uh, anyone uh who's just getting into hungry man's that <laughs> right. take that as a pro tip Hunger Man really,
0: we really i really hope hungry man actually uh decides to uh help us out in this podcast i'm telling, become you, a sponsor. I'm telling you
2: when Ooh. mom would say uh hey i got you a couple hungry man dinners yeah i was like
0: Yes. No. Oh, Especially if it was the fried chicken hunger, man.
2: Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, that, was was like, that was the shit. That oh, was the shit. Dinner's going to be <laughs> with, so good tonight. With just,
0: <laughs> just enough of those mashed potatoes. Just a bite. But also, and those like corns. Are, are
2: they mashed potatoes? <laughs> They're close enough. It's like popcorn peanuts that just went into a <laughs> whipped form. Oh, oh so good. They're so good. So good. Um, Seriously.
0: So, so we've kind of briefly touched on this, but do you think Kelly kept that bunny?
1: <laughs> absolutely not absolutely not I think she when everybody left the party she just put that bunny outside and was like good, good luck
0: good, good luck bunny I'm good setting luck. you free
2: I, I think the mom's like we've got a soup going
1: because <laughs> her
0: mom did cook <laughs> Um, what do you think the ring announcer did after the mafia kicked him out of the st- at the start of the fight? What do you think he did at that point? He's in his white tux. What did he do?
2: He went down to the brig and got
1: ripped. <laughs> he had to. He had to.
0: He had to cuz this school gymnasium's not far from the bread.
2: <laughs> no, right? Not at all. Right. Not at all. Walking distance.
0: Um, serious question here, guys. How did Scott get the job of corner man for the Seattle Sidekicks? he is a white belt okay i mean yes he does at one point jump in and bite Jean claude van damme on the leg but literally he so serves no purpose there's no he's like rubbing the guy's shoulder like what are you doing there's no reason he should be your corner man scott doesn't know anything about fighting why is he there
2: um, I think because his parents are primary investors in the dojo. Mm. And so, you know, it's oh, like, oh, yeah. oh. he's got the same
0: be. guy that's in the brig all the time. And just giving,
2: <laughs> yeah it's like, giving the it's main like,
0: guy, giving the bartender shit. Cause
2: yeah. he used to teach karate. Like, he's my, like, my son's a piece of shit. I own a dojo. <laughs>
1: I also think on- I know about karate.
0: I invest in a dojo.
1: <laughs> I also think along that note. I'm a green belt. You get what I
0: mean? I give money to a dojo. That's a green belt. All right. So, in the end, of course, Jason beats Ivan at the end of the movie. But does it matter? No. Because no. if we remember, if we remember, The Mafia guy takes over for the general ring announcer. And he says, before Ian's match, which is Kelly's brother, before Ian's match, the third fighter, he says, let's make it interesting. So the winner of this match takes all. So if Ian wins, Seattle wins. But Ian does not win. Now, granted, the guy who plays him actually came up to the screenwriter. The guy who plays Ian. He's actually a guy who was an L.A. guy. He was actually an L.A. karate guy. He actually had trained under Chuck Norris. Mm. And he had actually taught at Sherman Oaks karate, which is hilarious. But he came up to the screenwriter and said, I don't want to lose the day they were going to shoot this scene with with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And they're like, well, you have to lose. It's in the script. That's what you do. He's like, no, I can't have it have this go against my reputation. I can't lose. So that's why they decided to have junk and M cheat a little bit and grab stuff off the, off the corner and like choke him with it. That's why they decided to do that because he didn't want to lose. But the fact is he did lose that fight. So really in the end, they're throwing Jason in the air for jumping in the ring and beating him up. But the New York guys won, right? Didn't they?
2: I mean, well, they didn't get the dojo back. Uh, and I would say that Jason, in the end, uh, how many times did someone touch his balls? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many times. So many. And many, you know what?
1: Many times.
0: Watching it again, uh, the guy who's directly underneath him is Dean, who basically becomes the Johnny Lawrence of the story. After, like, when he, when Jason goes into the dojo and he's like, yeah, I'd like to try out this dojo. I just moved here from Los Angeles. He's like, oh, cool. I'm filling in for our sensei, who's, like, at this match. Yeah. And hey, whatever, just take the class. It's totally going to be cool. Fill out this information for him. If you like the class, join the dojo. And then as soon as he told, like, any amount of information from Scott, just like a hair of, like, this guy beat me up, dude, so you should kick the shit out of him, he instantly turns into Johnny Lawrence. He's like, I'm going to fuck with this guy forever. (laughs) And then he's into Kelly all of a sudden, and now he's like, oh, she's dating that dude. I definitely have to fuck with him forever. And then at the end, he is right ballside to holding Jason aloft in the air after beating up junk on Van Damme. He is in the ball zone. He is right there, hands closest to the balls. It's probably him. It's him and Sugarfoot, I think, closest to the ball zone. They literally, at one point, also, they, they're lifting him up in the air, and they let him down, and his feet touch yeah, the ground, and then, and he, then he, they then pick him back, him back up.
2: Really quickly, though, I got to point out, though, uh, in that when he first goes to the dojo in Seattle, Pedro, uh, front desk person, she yeah, says, "Yeah, let me show you to the locker room." Uh-huh. And they take three steps to a door that says "Men's locker room." She goes, "Here it is." <laughs> <laughs> <And> you're like, "Wow, <laughs> oh, thanks." He also like
0: gets the in- road tour. <laughs> He also gets into his gi and then like has his red belt and he gets his ass beat by Sugarfoot. And then, like, RJ tries to jump in to save him, and they run out. And I'm like, all your shit's still in that locker, dude. <laughs> your clothes, You're bro. You're retreating and surrendering right now, but all your stuff You're is- also surrendering your, your yeah. wallet. And yeah. then he shows up at home, but he still has the outfit on before the Karate Studio. But, oh. like, you left that in the locker, dude.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. not
0: in that red bag, because that red bag is filled with nothing. Yeah. Uh, all right. This goes into our research. Now, like I said, this is a movie where this is the first for a lot of people. It's also the first for- screenwriter keith stronberg keith stronberg is a guy who went to college and he learned chinese as part of his uh major and it was to learn chinese so he was fluent in mandarin so what he did at the time after college is that he was actually conducting u.s tours because you couldn't go into china on your own and just go to china so you had to go with a u.s tour group so he was leading tours of u.s tourists into china And he had always done martial arts. He was a huge fan of Bruce Lee. So what he wanted to do was break into doing martial art films. So when he was doing one of these tours, they had a break. And he started going around and trying to talk to the different martial arts, or uh, sorry, uh, Hong Kong studios, and try to talk to them and introduce himself as a potential writer. He finally goes in for the producer we talked about, NG, who's at Seasonal Films. And he talks to them. And he calls him up. He says, I want to like make Hong Kong movies. I want to write Hong Kong movies. The guy's like, I don't know. We don't really feel like they're making Hong Kong movies. They're not making them in the United States. And he's like, if you wanted to make one in the United States, I feel like I'm your guy. He's like, I don't know. Then he starts speaking to him in Mandarin. And NG goes, oh, wait a minute. Because he was about to hang up on him. Starts talking to him. Oh, okay. Very cool. Um, they have a nice conversation. A year later, he's back in the United States. NG calls him and says, we want to make that Hong Kong movie in the United States. So he writes this movie. He's never written a movie before. NG and the director of this movie, Corey Yuen. Corey Yuen had had directed a bunch of movies uh, in Hong Kong prior to this. But they basically come up with the story, which, as I said, was them sort of taking back the karate kid riff and doing it on their own terms. But he he wrote this script. Now, admittedly, and I gotta say, I give him credit in the in the director's commentary or a commentary on the on the Blu-ray, he's definitely like. There's a lot of cheesy lines in this. There's a lot of corny lines because there is. There is.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And but he wrote a 200-page screenplay. Oh wow. Which is why Jeez. there is like exchanges, and you can see hairs of this because he would spend evenings. He was also the second assistant director on this movie, because he basically would translate into Mandarin for the director for Corey Yuen, because he didn't speak very good English. So he would basically tell him everything because he spoke Chinese. And so he would then at night when they were done shooting, he would go home and try to like bring down the script and edit down the script so they could actually, because there's scenes in here where you can see it like such as when, uh, when Jason first met meets RJ and he's like, Hey, what's up? I'm Jason. He's like, I'm RJ. He's like, Oh, RJ, what does that stand for? And he gives him the whole name breakdown. He's like, wow, that's amazing. I can see why you go by RJ. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what is this exchange about? There's no reason for this. This is not a conversation we need to know. Or a conversation
2: that would happen in real life. Right. It's just
0: he was writing everything. He was writing everything. He even admits, I I didn't realize that when you had a fight scene, you just write, they fight. Because the choreographers will do that. He would write out the entire fight scene, which is like not necessary. So, so he would go through and pare down the script. Now, uh, eventually, when they released this movie, they shot it in 1984. They released it in 86. It's a big success, and you know what success means? Sequels. (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) So, it was it a big success? It
0: was. (sighs) Oh wow! It made four million dollars, almost five million dollars. It was a big success. It was shot for almost no money. Oh, and that meant no retreat, no surrender. Two and three, yeah, both of which I watched. Wait, what? What? Wow. Yes. Are I, they also New World movies? They are not New World movies, unfortunately. Oh, shit. They are both seasonal films. Wait, you watch both of those? I watched both of those movies, oh, and I have God. to say, when we talk about it, we've talked on our bonus episodes about franchises that are unrelated to each other, but are franchises
2: like this, which, like Witchery,
0: like. Yes, like the La Casa series. Yeah. uh, Like the zombie series. Like
2: the zombie series.
0: This is a a franchise where the three films have zero to do to one another. The thread that winds them together is the screenwriter, Keith Strandberg, who co-wrote the sequel, but co-wrote it. Other people rewrote it, and he eventually left that movie. The third one, he writes himself, but they do not have anything to do with one another. Mm. Also... I love this franchise.
1: Oh my God.
0: You can't get, you cannot get two or three uh, on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. They aren't available. They never came out. They only came out on VHS. You can watch them on YouTube, which is what I did. They're not in good copies, but I'm just saying someone please put these out. So this sequel, now the first sequel uh, was supposed to have, both uh uh kurt mckinney and yeah. John clan van damme come back okay they were supposed to come back now the movie was called originally because keith stranberg not only signed this deal to do no retreat no surrender he had a three picture deal so this is part of his three picture deal but because of the success of no retreat no surrender that's why it became no no retreat no surrender Two. but this was originally called raging thunder it wasn't related to the first movie, but they were still going to bring Kurt McKinney back. Yeah. And they were also going to bring back uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. However, they shot this movie in Cambodia. And this is even according to Kurt McKinney on the Blu-ray where he talks about how they were supposed to come back. Now he started to get a little weirded out because they weren't talking to him about it. They weren't calling his agent. He said, Call my agent to work all this out. Yeah. We're going to shoot in Cambodia. He just gotten married. He wanted to bring his wife. They were a little weirded out. They're like, oh, I don't think you should bring your wife. Cause she was like this blonde haired blue eyed girl. And they're like, you shouldn't bring your wife. And he was like, why, what's going on? What's happening here? What are the, where are we going to be shooting this movie? He calls Jean-Claude Van Damme and he says like, Hey, uh, what's going on with this movie? And he's like, why are you calling me about this? He's like, well, I just, I'm trying to talk to seasonal films, I'm trying to talk to the producers. I don't, I'm not getting a straight story. They won't talk to my agent. What's happening with this movie? He's like, he's like, I'm not going. I'm not going to this movie. And he's like, why? He's like, we're going to be shooting in Camp- on the border of Cambodia. And they have pirates there. And they will steal from <laughs> us. And they'll steal our passports. And they'll steal our equipment. And then the cops will come. And we won't have our uh, passports anymore. And we don't, won't know who we are. And they will put us on jail. And then they will fuck us in our butts. So he says, wow. I am not going. I am not going. <laughs>
2: He really played out a dark scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Rod, Russians are always scared of being fucked in the butt. He
0: is Belgian. He is Belgian. Huh. <laughs> so he literally had a two picture deal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, with seasonal films to do no, no retreat, no surrender, and this next movie. But he said, nah, not gonna do it. He, I think he went on and made Bloodsport. I think is the next thing he made. Blood, so he wow. Bloods. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Um. So he moves on, doesn't do it, and Kurt McKinney basically goes ah i'm weirded out and his agent just says let me put you into a a soap opera which is where he goes for a few years okay so he doesn't make the sequel so instead uh in this sequel taking their place is a actor let me let me see my notes here you can really hear the party
2: right now yeah it's getting getting loud okay so
0: now we have so in the sequel we have Corey Yuen come back. He's still going to direct the movie, but instead of Kurt McKinney, we have an actor Lauren Avedon. Lauren Avedon stays for the next one too,
2: as but she he should.
0: takes over as a guy who is going to Cambodia. His girlfriend's in Cambodia. He's excited to see her. He goes over and travels. He's a great martial artist too. Who knew? And then all of a sudden, she admits to him while he's there. By the way, I never told you this, but my my dad's super rich actually as it happens and i never said that to you and he makes a lot of money and she gets kidnapped and he has to then lean on his old buddy who happens to be an old guy used to be in the military who calls him kid i swear to god
2: every sentence (laughs) what now kid is he the rj of the of the movie
1: in a, in a way. He's Is basically. RJ
2: back in these movies. No, there's
0: no
1: oh, one else. There's no one else. Get it. Deal breaker. Um,
0: so they basically have to go out, and in addition to this guy who calls him kid, there's also in a pivotal role, Cynthia Rothrock.
2: Oh, yes.
0: And she yes. Kicks, she kicks fucking ass in this movie. As she always does. And they basically try to go cause this guy's his buddy that he talks to is an old military guy named Mac. And he's trying to, Hey, help me get my girlfriend back. Who's gotten kidnapped. He goes to this, like these, uh, these gorillas that he sold arms to, they get destroyed. So it has to be the two of them and Cynthia Rothrock to take on an entire, like, you know, army in order to get his girlfriend back. It was fucking great.
2: Oh, that... <laughs> it was so good. Well, now I know what I'm watching tonight.
0: <laughs> and he also goes on to part three, Blood Brothers.
2: Wow. Oh, the best kind of brothers.
0: Now, this <laughs> this has two people, not only Lauren Avedon, but he also has another guy who plays his older brother. And his older brother and his dad are both in the CIA. And he goes to his dad. <laughs> Let me just say this. Um... And the only reason why they made this one like a no retreat, no surrender is because they thought it would be easier to market. This movie was supposed to be called Blood Brothers. It's actually shot in, I think, it's actually shot in
2: L.A. Or no blood, no brothers.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> but they are brothers. They have to. Uh, and and so this one, Keith Stromberg writes himself, as I said. And there's a scene where he goes to his dad and he talks to his dad for a second. And then his dad like is, a like, all right, see you later. And then he goes to his computer. And so he has this computer from like the early nineties. Right. And he turns to his computer and he says, let's see what mysteries you can unravel for me. (laughs) So (laughs) Funny.
2: I say that every time I sit in front of my computer.
0: (laughs) So, you know, when you're into part three, you're getting the straight Keith Strandberg kind of dialogue that you've come to know (laughs) and love from part one. Uh, Now, like I said, Lauren Avedon is sort of like the dumb brother who has like a shitty car and he can't get his shit together. His older brother is in the CIA. His dad was in the CIA. But his this weird albino guy kills their dad. They find their dad. They're like, holy shit, dad's dead. They have to team up to, to take their dad down. Now, he's not the younger brother's not in the CIA. He has nothing to do with this. But they have to somehow come together and beat this guy. So the younger brother pretends that he is a a badass dude because he does happen yeah. to be you know a martial artist of course of course and he Are we all? is manages to find his way <laughs> Are we all martial artists within <laughs> I mean I ultimately mean, I mean um and he finds his way into the criminal underground and then he hooks up with his brother and this whole anyway
2: buys a dojo franchise and is like oh <laughs> shit now I'm strapped with this thing.
0: It's not to go through the entire plot, but the basic point of it is it's one of those movies that, like, essentially ends like an old, like an 80s TV show where it's like, jokey joke, right? Blah, blah, blah. And, and they then just they like, jump up and high five <laughs> and freeze frame. And it's like freeze frame and credits. <laughs> it has that kind of tone throughout it and i fucking loved it it was so great it just i lo- it was so good it's so bad and so terrific i just love the hell out of it and i was like it's a shame that these don't have wider releases you can't see these things anywhere and look there was some good action sequence in both i really have to say of the franchise i loved part 2 probably the most i have to say it is really terrific number 2 is just amazing And you can really even see because Corey U.N. directed both the first and the and the second movie. You can really see like his chops in part two. It's clear once he's in Cambodia, he can really direct these action sequences the way he wanted to. Right. Because either you get more time or you can ask more of the actors than you can in an American production. But the fight sequences are all of a sudden way better. And. A lot of like what the first No Retreat, No Surrender is about was even for the screenwriter, was trying to bring Hong Kong action to America. And for a lot of this movie, it does succeed on that to many degrees. Cause you weren't making movies like that. Even a Karate Kid yeah. is not delivering Hong Kong action like right. the way No Retreat, No Surrender did. And it certainly succeeds to some level on that. But a lot of it is like still shots, as we've mentioned, of people kind of going back and forth and fighting decent action the end scene maybe is a better the ending fight of no retreat no surrender is probably a better example but part two there's a lot of actually really good and well shot fight scenes and it's way more in that sort of hong kong style that i love and i think is great i love a lot of those kinds of movies and i think it succeeds more in that than no retreat no surrender but it's not really an american production it's obviously shot in bangkok so where the cops will take you and fuck you in your butt. So it's very dangerous. (laughs) Um, But this is a franchise that I,
2: or in, in, enticing depends, (laughs)
0: depends, depends, depends on you and it's okay, whichever way that goes. Um, But this is a franchise I, I didn't realize existed. And now I'm obsessed with, so (laughs) (laughs) it was terrific. Uh, Well, so that's it. That's it for the research corner. That's it for this episode. Yeah. Uh, that is No Retreat, No Surrender. Go out and watch this immediately. Unless you're Erica,
1: but you've already watched it. Yeah, it's true. And I, I'm, I'll am i be honest with you. I'm not sold. Uh, I'm not <sighs> sold on it. You did not change my mind. But, I, but I'm intrigued about this international cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the
0: international cut is better, but the U.S. cut... Or actually, I should say, makes more sense. But the U.S. cut makes less sense which makes it better as far as i'm concerned yes and mark's concerned absolutely um go see this movie go watch no no retreat no surrender um which is about people constantly retreating and surrendering constantly (laughs) until the end constantly in which case in the end they don't retreat or surrender. But in the end, it doesn't fucking matter anyway because the bad guys ultimately win. When it finally
2: doesn't matter, they fucking don't retreat or surrender. (laughs) And and it doesn't matter anyway because
0: all of a sudden those mafioso guys just own all the dojos everywhere. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) Thanks for playing everybody. Anyway, go, uh, please rate and review us. Go find us on the socials. We're on uh, Twitter. We're on Instagram. Also, you can write us at info at newworldpodcast.com. We will read your entry, your email. We'll read your responses. Ask us questions. Give us comments. talk talk with us. us. Engage with us. We'll read it on one of our bonus episodes. We, (laughs) We need it. We are recording this podcast by a party next door and we aren't they're having so much more fun than us we aren't having fun we're just here trying to talk to you trying to make friends write us and uh we will respond to you so please uh do that and we will see you next time on the new world podcast bye